What's happening? <laughs> Rachel, okay. you're so legitimately the smartest person I know. It's into my head. You got to stop getting it into my head. Welcome to Things I Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. I saw there's a little bit of interaction between them. People were talking a lot about how he would skip all over the board and just hunt for daily doubles and stuff. And then I saw him do that. But yeah, it makes it, it should be kind of cool because like I always understood it like Ken is. I mean, they're obviously all fast on the buzzer and stuff, but I feel like Ken was just like always the most knowledgeable and would pick up after wrong answers. And I remember watching when Brad Rutter was on and he's just like super fast on it. But yeah, of course, it's going to be good. It's uh, 2020. 2020. Is 2019 tr- was trash. 2019 lost. This will be the year that 2021. Oh, God. <laughs> That's even worse. Everything could have been. This is yeah. your year. I know. So, That's the plan. There we go. Yeah, yeah let's, let's keep it on a positive note. The same plan as every night, Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> I l- love the theory that Pinky is actually the genius and Brain is the idiot. <laughs> Narf. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into some trivia, shall we? And uh, this is the 35th ever episode. Four rounds of questions. Each round has a different theme and style. Bringing a few of them back. Uh, it'll be a good game, uh, and the three of you will vie to win all the Jeopardy dollars in the world. I think you guys should also know that we've really decked out the fort, so the incentive to leave has got to be a little higher than normal. Realize it's like your decked out crib that everyone dreamed of when they were a kid for all their video games and all their bad snacks and terribleness. Oh, it's man. amazing. It's a glorified tiny house at this point. Ryan's never been. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be a regular participant to go to the fort, Ryan. You got to know the password. <laughs> it's, I don't know. That was my best guess. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get on to some trivia, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Round number one, general trivia, as always. Uh, question number one. Uh, each answer will be worth two points, so call out when you know it. Question number one. Droughts is a classic game better known in the U.S. by what name? D-R-A-U-G-H-T-S. Oh, um... Droughts? Droughts. I think I know that. Classic game better known in the U.S. by what name? Stew? Stew. Spades? Not spades. Rachel. Rachel. Backgammon? Not backgammon. Beep, beep, beep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No, droughts is... uh, Another name for checkers. Darn it. That was oh, my other man. guess. That was my other thing I thought of. And I was like, no, too obvious. <laughs> Bloody. So if anyone's unfamiliar with how many random notes on things, uh, on trivia things that turn into questions, uh, Rachel, this came to mind and I took a note on it when we were playing checkers in Strasbourg. Oh, see? Voila. <laughs> took a note, became a question. Nice. That's the recipe. Yeah, Checkers in Strasbourg, <laughs> the autobiography. All right, no points there. Question number two. Who was the first person to host Saturday Night Live? Who in 1975 hosted... Yes, George Carlin. Oh, that makes sense. <sighs> the first person to guest host Saturday Night Live in 1975 who hosted before releasing his comedy specials, What Am I Doing in New Jersey? And Doing It Again. That was George See, Carlin. If you had finished the question, I would have been able to get it. Got getting oh. quick. Alas. Question number three. In Texas Hold'em Poker, what are the terms used for the three phases of card reveal? Oh, oh. Stu. Stu. The turn? 
Uh-huh. The river. Uh-huh. Um, hang on. God. You got the, the fourth flop. and the fifth and the... Nice job. Thank nice. you. Nice. The flop, which is the three cards showing, and then the turn, and then the river. Fun fact, my brother was uh, two tables away from getting a seat on uh, the Vegas Hold'em Championship. Uh, wow. He was... He was trying really hard to get an invite into it. And so like for three or four years, he just played a shit ton of Hold'em. Um, and then he was like one or two tables away from winning a ticket and a seat over there or an invite, I guess, to go try his hand at it. No, he was, was in the audience, right? He was just literally two tables away. <laughs> <laughs> right, two points to stew there. Question number four. What was Blackbeard the Pirate's real name? Oh, oh. Why are you doing this to me? I'm not throwing it to you. That's probably the hardest question of the round. You either could have to know it or you don't. I'm going to know it as soon as you say it. Yeah. What was... I know this. Oh, I know this. Let me dig in my mind for just a second. All right. Enter your mind palace. <laughs> it's I, the fort. I did a lot of research <laughs> on him this last summer. Um, oh, oh, Edward Teach. Yes. Bam. Holy cow. No hey. way. Ryan, I wrote Alan V. Cooper. That's a thing. It's all about Blackbeard ship. Dude, Wait, good for you, what? Rachel. Wait a, that was there's, awesome. There's a pending Supreme Court case right now about a sunk about pictures and a photographer and copyright and sunken Blackbeard ship off of North Carolina's coast. What? Okay. So bam. <laughs> I, I do have an, a reason it Nice nice job. Two points Dude. to Rachel there. Thanks. Edward Teach. Uh, I also saw it may be a little conflicted. It may be Thatch, but uh, I have the main, the principal name is Edward Teach. Nice job. Te All right. <laughs> Question number five. What is the name for the waxy, flammable substance produced from the digestive system of whales? Mm. Ryan, did this come from Bob's Burgers? So. No, but that is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, I did too. Substance produced from the digestive system of whales that is commonly linked and used in fragrances. That is ambergris. Question number six. Last question of the round. Alnico, ferrite, and samarium cobalt are a few of the different types of what? Can you repeat the, the things? Alnico, ferrite, and samarium cobalt. Rachel. Rachel. The metals for electric car engines? No. Uh, are a few of the different types of what? I believe this is three of the seven. Stu, do you have an answer? Uh, are they magnetic metals? They are. I think I'll give that to you. They are magnets. Okay, they're magnets. Uh, okay. Like, you know, like old horseshoe magnets, how like one side was red and one side was blue? I think the blue is yeah. because of blue cobalt. Um, I think maybe not. Oh. Maybe that's completely wrong. But I think I remember hearing something about that. Uh, I don't know, but I know there are different types of magnets. So two points to stew there. That is the end of the first round. Nice Darn it, job. I want to go back to the fort. No, <laughs> you play to win. <laughs> okay. okay. This is 2020. <laughs> Looking back no in losers. regret. The year Rachel won. <laughs> we'll do our best here. D don't decade. overstate me. <laughs> well, <laughs> this round may play uh, may play to Rachel fairly well. Uh, this is another round of basic world facts. 
Oh, yay. Oh, Basic facts that are no one needs to know. My kind of trivia. <laughs> so these are just uh, geographic and uh, just general questions about the world for you to answer. All right. Question number one. What are the two countries that are completely landlocked by Italy? Rachel. Rachel. Uh, one is San Marino and the other one is Vatican. Yes. Nice. San Marino, Vatican City, completely landlocked inside of Italy. Ooh. Two points to Rachel there. Question number two. At 1,125 miles long, this river is the longest river entirely in the U.S. that doesn't share its name with a state. Oh, okay. That's okay. At 1,125 miles long, this river is the longest river entirely in the U.S. that doesn't share its name with a state. Rachel. Rachel. Platt. Uh, not Platt. Got another guess. No one else has one. Anyone else? Go ahead, Rach. Snake. And not Snake. Okay, I have no more guesses. <laughs> uh, this is the Red River. Oh. I have no uh, idea where that is. I should know this. You might, considering, uh, yeah, quite the Oklahoma-Texas Red River rivalry. Oh. Uh, Red River is the longest river that does not leave the U.S. So the Yukon is technically longer, but it goes through Canada. The Rio Grande goes through Mexico. And then uh, you have, I believe, the top 10 longest that are in the U.S. or touch it is Missouri, Mississippi, and then the Yukon, Rio Grande. And you have Colorado. Arkansas, Columbia, which also goes through Canada. And then you have the Red River. And then you have Snake River, which is all in the U.S. And then the Ohio River is all in the U.S. Nice. Tough question. Probably the toughest, maybe one of the toughest ones of the round, but uh, the Red River. So no points there. Question number three. In South America, what are the only two countries that do not border Brazil? Crap. What are the only Rachel? Rachel. Uh, Chile and Ecuador. Yes. Wow. Nicely it was actually done. less, less, I, I'm pretty sure about Ecuador because I know where it's located, but Chile. Yeah. It's pretty much entirely divided by, uh, uh, Argentina. Good to know. All right. Two points to Rachel there. Question number four, which country's flag is the only non-quadrilatical national flag? What? Yes. Nepal. What? Uh, nothing. I just... I'm I'm vexed. <laughs> the this red flag is a simplified combination of two single pennants. It's essentially two triangles on top of each other. Uh, that is the Nepal so. flag. Question number five. Technically, Finland and North Korea are only separated by one country. Name that country. Rachel. Rachel. Russia. Yes. Yeah. Technically, you can get from Finland all the way down to North Korea. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Ryan, I'd like to amend my answer. Say the Russian Federation, noting that I clearly stated the shorthand, Russia. <laughs> can only give you one point for that one. Like, this is unfair. <laughs> no, no, no. Two points to Rachel there. That was a, somewhat of a gimme. Uh, this one may be a harder one. Question number six. Last question of the round. Only two countries in the world use the color purple in their flag. One is on a band of purple on a rainbow and the other flag has a purple and green parrot uh name either name either country 
Wait, wait, can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Only two countries have the color purple in their flag. One of them has a band of purple on a rainbow that's on the flag. The other has a purple and green parrot on the flag. Name either country. I'm just going to take a wild guess because I want, because I love this country and everything I learned about it makes me love it more. It's not France. No, it isn't. <laughs> Is it Tuvalu? It's not Tuvalu. Darn. That's my guess. Uh, any other guesses? No idea. I can give, a, I don't know if it's that much of a hint, but for half credit, uh, this would be a Central American country. Either one of them. Rachel. Belize? Not Belize. This okay. would be Nicaragua or Dominica. Nicaragua has a little like flag, a circle, a pyramid, a little rainbow on top. So I'm surprised flags, it, it, this may have happened. I just have no idea. But I'm curious if flags have ever changed. You know, like in 2010, this country decided they're changing their flag to more represent their values. It's got to have. But maybe I feel not. Like it's I happened mean, somewhere. Maybe too. Right, blue. but it's. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The only one I can think of that would have certainly changed oh. was the Russian flag when it changed from USSR to Russia. The Russian right. Federation, sorry. Interesting. I feel like it's also a pain for, you know, just in a practical yeah. sense, it's a pain for businesses and stuff. All those gift I, shop yeah. flags you have to replace now, that'd be a hassle. Welcome to our new podcast, Getting Vexy with It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it is halftime. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, okay. you're legitimately the smartest person I know. Like, full stop. No, self-doubt's <laughs> a real thing. You two don't get to come to trivia with us every week. Rachel is literally our team captain when it comes to team trivia, pub trivia. Oh. That's awesome. Oh. All right. Carry the well, team. All right. Uh, on to round three. Uh, this is a special round I call this one where the streets have fictional names. Hmm. Uh, you may know that one infinite loop may be uh, just the tip of the apple, but I have a truly fictional street name list to give to you. Uh, I will give you the name of the street name and uh, a secondary clue if needed. You have to give me uh, the family or the show or the whatever that it's from. Uh, these are all cool. fictional. Question number one. The street address is 1313 Cemetery Lane. Rachel. Rachel. Adam's family. Yes. Oh, wow. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. uh, 1313 Cemetery Lane is the street, the Adam's family house. Uh, this street uh, houses the Gothic aristocrat family, their uncle, and a disembodied hand. <laughs> All right. Two points to Rachel there. Question number two. 17 Cherry Tree Lane. Oh, Rachel. Rachel. Is this um, the um, American Dad? Uh, not American Dad. Oh, no. All right. Uh, the clue is this street houses a family of four and their eclectic, eccentric, unique nanny. Rachel. Rachel. Um, oh, my gosh. I've just gone blank. Yes, this would be Mary Poppins. Part of me thought it was Mrs. Doubtfire for a second. Toodaloo. <laughs> yeah, this street houses the family four in their eclectic, eccentric, unique nanny. That would be uh, 17 Cherry Tree Lane would be the house uh, that Mary Poppins is the nanny to. So question number three. 
22B Baker Street. That was, that's, come on. That's one of the first questions we ever first had. Episode. We didn't have this question, but uh, no, I don't know if you remember a couple episodes ago, we went through 12 questions that you guys got wrong before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a, kind of a softball, but 22 or 2021B Baker Street. Uh, this street houses the Guinness World Records most portrayed literary human character in film and television history. I believe uh, the research I did pulled up, they said over 25,000 works, different what? works, something to that effect. That's crazy. You, you, should, you should note that um, works also like when you have a film, you have the actual completed film, you have the music, you have the screenplay, you have the actual cinematography. Yeah. So there's, I, like a hun- there's a bunch of different works in each film. Yeah, That's I don't true. know how they... I don't know how they catalog all that, but I would assume a lot of that stuff was serialized as well for like radio and all sorts of different stuff. But that's very true. All right. Still uh, crazy. Question number four Wisteria Lane. This street in cul de sac has many homes in this comedy drama TV that shows or TV show that uncovers the secrets and mysteries hidden uh, beneath the surface of this beautiful and seemingly perfect suburban neighborhood. Wisteria. Which is good for the hysteria. There we go. That's my joke. <laughs> Took a long time to think about it. But that's it. She's here all week, folks. <laughs> and I will stay. Question number five. 31 Spooner Street. Stu. Rachel. <laughs> God. Stu. Family guy. Yes. I, I'm sad that that's the one that I got. But <laughs> <laughs> take what you can get, right? This would be Family Guy. This street is home to a bumbling blue-collar patriarch and his family of misfits. Uh, nicely done. Two points to stew there. Question number six. Last question of the round. 1313 Webfoot Walk, Duckbird, Calisota. Stew. Stew. DuckTales. Yeah, so I'll give that to you. Donald Duck or DuckTales. Oh, yeah. Which I realize there's multiple ones that have 1313. I guess it's mm-hmm. just kind of a... Yeah, 1313 Webfoot Walk, Duckburg, Calisodas, Donald Duck, or DuckTales. This iconic second fiddle is often hot-headed with a distinct vocal uh, and is often shown with his three rhyming nephews. Two points to stew there. A real quick side note. I wonder if the 1313 is like a callback to some sort of like university classroom because there's a thing in uh, a lot of Pixar movies or at least animated movies where... Uh, the A113, which was like the first intro class to like animation or something. Mm-hmm. And anytime that you'd see a license plate or a room number or whatever it might be, that was just basically a call to saying like, hey, I, I went to this university or whatever. So yeah. I'm wondering if 1313 is a similar thing with like maybe film or cinema. Hmm. So then we have to do some digging, see yep. who the publisher or, you know, producer is. and Yeah, that's cool. Start digging. Going into the fourth round, uh, this round is the iconic lightning round. (laughs) I didn't make you guys go grab paper. You don't need to, but uh, I trust you to lock in an answer, seal it in. Uh, I'm going to give you a question that has a numerical answer that uh, you probably best guesstimate. Uh, Closest one gets two points. Question number one. How many seasons of Survivor have aired since the first season in 2000? Stu. I was going to say 30. Rachel. I was not going to say 30. I was going to say 26. 
All right. The right answer since 2000 is 39 seasons. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Uh, 39 seasons. I think my mom and my sister still watch it pretty That's much every nuts. year or every season. Some seasons I know they do that are like fan favorites versus villains and stuff like that. But yeah, it's been a long time since I saw Survivor. Question number two. In what year was the first baseball World Series played? No, wait. Give me a couple. <laughs> give me a couple seconds. I know, we need like a countdown. Uh, Rachel. Nineteen forty-six. Stu. Nineteen thirty-two. Everybody is a little too high. The first one was nineteen oh three. Whoa. Wow. Was, Rachel, I, I feel like you would have known that because you know the Cubs so well. Yeah, you know, it gets into my head that we sit here and discuss all the time <laughs> the hockey and the football. When did it actually start versus when was it prior? And that gets into my head, realizing that baseball's basically always had it. Yeah. Gets into my head. You got to stop getting it into my head. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. How many U.S. states and their state capitals start with the same letter? How many U.S. states and their state capital start with the same letter? Stu. 12. Rachel. Uh, sorry, Stu. 11. <laughs> it's playing some it. prices Right rules here, I think. Uh, That's okay. Rachel gets it. There are only four. Oh, I'm really? so sorry. <laughs> there is, uh, there's some real game theory going on right now, I feel like. <laughs> there uh, always is with lightning round. Uh, but there are only four. It's Dover, Delaware, Honolulu, Hawaii, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Huh. Two points to Rachel there. Question number four. In what year did the Titanic sink? Uh, Rachel. 1911. Stu. 1920? Uh, Rachel was only one year off. It was 1912. Darn. Wow. Why would you dispute? Like, what? What is the gain in disputing? It? There was a whole documentary that it came out. <laughs> okay, actually, I have a I have a good today. I learned movie details that I learned on Reddit today. Okay, yeah. That apparently, um, during the movie Titanic, Jack is talking about going on a fishing on a lake, and I think it's Minnesota. If yeah, I think it's Minnesota. Yeah, turns out this man-made lake was like made in like 1916 or 1918. <laughs> yeah, he's a time and, traveler. Exactly, <laughs> and so like it was just a bad movie detail that it's like, oh, by the way, the lake wasn't there yet. <laughs> so we saw. So when we were in France, one of the things we did was we were just talking about cars and how I don't really care about cars that much. But one of the things we did was we went to the Mercedes Benz Museum in a small town in Germany. Yeah, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's not a small town. It's a big town, but it's called Stuttgart and nobody's ever heard of it. Hmm. You've here. never heard it. You had never heard of it. It's true, <laughs> but it's not Berlin. So it's a small town. <laughs> uh, but anyways, like the whole history along with all the concept cars along the way and everything basically that happened since like the late 1800s all the way to today. And they talked about the Titanic sinking and how it was like it made worldwide news. It was this, Obviously, it was this huge catastrophe, but I thought yeah. it was weird that, you know, we think of it now in terms of the movie and this love story. And I got to think is like, it wouldn't surprise me if like 50 years down the line, there's like an office romance movie that's very endearing, but it happens on like 9-11 or something like that. Oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel I like that, that becomes, might happen. <laughs> right. 
anyway, it's not to bring up tragedy or anything, but you know, it's just like the way that Titanic is now revered as a movie now, it's like, I, I wonder if something like that would happen. Uh, on to question five, this one's gonna be a little hard. To the nearest hundredth, what is Usain Bolt's world record time for the 100 meter dash, which he set in 2009? So 100 meters, 100 yards. What is the world record time that is still exists today that Usain Bolt set in 2009 to the nearest 100th? So to two decimal places. Uh, Rachel. 8.34. Stu. I mean, I'm just going to say nine seconds. Okay. Uh... Actually, Stu's going to be right. Not on the dot, but closest. (laughs) It is 9.58 seconds. Nice. Wow. That's Uh, insanely fast. Yeah. Think it's running essentially a football field. Yeah. That's insane. No, it's you saying. It's you saying. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good, actually. Yay! I'm moving nine, up in the world, guys. Moving up. Not 9.58 out of 10. <laughs> guys, amazing. after a word from our sponsor, the punchline. All right. Question number six, the last question of the game. In what year was the euro introduced as currency? Rachel. Oh, wait. It's two. Uh, Stu. 1948. I got no idea. Uh, Rachel. 2001? <laughs> hey, I, I like studying European history is like my thing. But uh, the answer is 1999. Uh, that is the end of the game. And we will move on to picks, where each episode, a couple of us give a movie, a game experience, something cool like that. We recommend you check out. And uh, Stu, today you have a pick. I do. Yeah. And mine is actually a call to action. Uh, I'm telling everybody, if possible or feasible, to go to giveit.org.au, and that's G-I-V-I-T.org.au. Uh, it is a donation site to support Australia and the animals uh, during these horrific and insane wildfires. Uh, you can do a monetary donation, uh, or you can send items in to help out. They show what they need. Um, you can the, All the research is on the site as well. Any monetary donation is 100% used for supplies only, um, so that way you know your money's actually going and being used uh, in its entirety to support the cause, to support these people uh, and the wildlife and people living there. Um, I, you know, I don't have a lot to say about it. I think what's happening over there is awful and terrible. And, uh, you know, the people over there that are donating their time and risking their lives uh, are very, very brave. And I think that they need support. Um, I'm probably going to be donating later on tonight after the episode. And I think that if anybody else can spare even a couple bucks, that would be super nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, yeah, I appreciate you bringing this, this one up. It's r- really cool to hear. And yeah, obviously completely devastating. And I, I think even still like people, you see maps and you see people talk about it, but it's like what's going on is, is kind of heartbreaking. It, yeah, it really really is um you know whether it be you know i mean mostly the loss of animal life and all the flora and fauna that it's just now gone um from the lot of it all you know and i guess it's kind of the first sign of our dire consequences of you know global warming and this planet and us not taking care of it 
And uh, hopefully this is more of a wake-up call for a lot of people, but we still need to remedy the situation that's over there and do what we can to help out for what's left. Uh, yeah, for sure. And giving money, if you can, just to help with the endeavors going on right now, but also for the you know literal decades uh, after it that's going to come and trying to repopulate everything and just getting back to where it was. Uh, this is, you know... This, these fires are not going to end in a couple of months. It's the the effects are going to last for for dozens of years. So right, right. We will probably still be hearing about this for most of the rest of our lives. Yeah. So what's the uh, address one more time? Uh, so that is giveit g i v i t dot org dot a u. Nice. And uh, any any monetary donation over two dollars is tax deductible. In case uh, you want that or need that. Um, you can just save your receipt from it and you can deduct it on your taxes. It's the best site that I've found for actually directly supporting the cause. Um, though if there's a listener that's found a better one, please reach out to us. I'd be happy to yeah. call that one out or whatever it might be, but this is the best I've found so far. Yeah. And in any case, outside of this necessarily, like I worked with a nonprofit in the past and uh, it's it's tough sometimes to give money because it feels like a, it's always hard to part with cash and B, you want to feel like you're doing something more and it's like, I want to give food or I want to give something else. And in almost every single instance, literally the best thing you can do is give money because right. people like the the missions and the organizations that are doing stuff have things in place. Like your dollar will go way further in a good, competent nonprofits hands than you trying to buy food or you trying to buy water to then ship over or whatever the case may be like the best thing you can do in almost every circumstance is support with money um it just is the way that you know money and their their effects and everything they can do with it on the ground is just that much stronger yeah and certainly anything we can do on the show to help spread any amount of that recognition is something uh we're very happy to do uh yeah. So yeah, no, no simple way to segue out of something like that. But yeah. Rachel, you also have a pick. It is a little so, more lighthearted. Yeah. Don't know how to segue out of that without sounding terrible. But, <laughs> you know, I have a very funny book for everyone. Um, it is called The Tough Guide to Fantasyland. It is by one of renowned fantasy authors, Diana Wynne-Jones, um, who is well known for books like Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, Um, so there's a whole story about that we can get into on another episode. We can talk about her involvement with like the movies and whatnot. The Tough Guide to Fantasyland is a quasi tourist guide that puts you in the shoes as a tourist going to Fantasyland on an organized tour, and all the things you may or may not encounter and how to react to them. Um, It's classified by the U.S. Library Library of Congress as a dictionary on fantasy things. (laughs) But it's a it's a half um, parody of both um, travel guides and of all the tropes found in fantasy literature. So you can literally open up to any given page and like you feel like it's organized alphabetically and see like sword, all the different types of swords you might encounter, what you should do and what it's in, what its effects on you might be or the end of the world, what that means, when it might occur, how many times it might occur and how its effect on your travels might be. And so it's very funny, like kind of like definitely extremely satirical, um, but the kind of book that you could open to any page, get kind of a chuckle out of. And so I keep it on my bookshelf. Great book. 
the tough guide to fantasy land by diana Wynne jones highly recommend it for a very humorous read uh and a lighthearted time nice i like it yeah, so we'll, we'll have that linked in the show notes and everything. Uh, and if you have a pick of your own that you want to share with us, uh, and please do, I would love every every episode if we could also share uh, a listener's pick, whether it's a movie or anything like that, uh, something cool that's going on. I, I would love to start doing that. So uh, send them to us uh, either on Instagram or Twitter or anything at Things Aren't Wrong or email them to us at thingsaren'twrong at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find the website at thingsaren'twrong.com that has all of the show notes for everything, all the past episodes, all of that. Uh, our next episode will come out around January 30th, and that will be our round robin game where all four of us are reading questions. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, so thanks again to everybody here. And uh, we're excited for a big year with lots of, uh, lots of fun qu- questions and uh, lots of new stuff coming down the pike. So excited for that. Excited for everyone who listens. Uh, we love your support. And uh, all the times you write in and everything to us means the world to us. Uh, So please keep doing that. And uh, we will see you later. Bye. Bye.